something had um, kind of disappeared from him. It was like um, something was gone. Um, and they, it was a feeling. They felt it. And um, they were no longer caring about their appearance, uh, their diet, their health. Uh, something deep in their existence had sort of whispered away. Or at least kind of that's how it felt to them. Hi, it's Barry here again from Turning the Page for another week of um, this blog post or vlog or podcast or whatever you're hearing. And it's so good to be uh, with you again. But they wondered, this is about, um, the question is, am I worthy of love? And this is what this person wondered. Uh, did they have worth? And especially, were they worthy of love and self-care? You see, they couldn't see anything of love or worth in themselves um, and others actually seem to show quite scant regard for them too so that, you know they're feeling quite isolated and alone and they wondered if, if they actually died today would anyone come to the funeral and uh, would anyone say anything what worth would be attributed to them you see but worth is such a, a value-based measurement isn't it how can you measure one's worth you know, some measure it by um, the dollars, you know, how much they've earned in a lifetime or whatever, um, or by fame. And uh, then there are the medals of achievement, uh, contribution to society, then um, the, the, the worth of raising a family. Uh, do younger people have more worth than older people? Do older people have more worth than younger people? Do certain lives um, hashtag matter or have more worth than others? Uh, how do we measure worth? How do you measure your own worth? That's probably a very deep question. <laughs> and what about God? How does God measure one's worth if God does have this thing called worth um, that he or that they relate to? Look, I, I remember a story from uh, Larry Crabb in his book, Becoming a True Com Spiritual Community. And it was about this small little eight-year-old boy called Amando. Uh, small because he had actually been abandoned by his mother and was dying from a lack of food. And Amando wasn't able to walk, talk, or eat by himself. He had to be fed. And in addition, he had a severe um, mental disability. And in an orphanage, he, he found people who actually really loved him and held him. And as they did, he gradually began to eat again and develop. But when his carers picked him up, you know, when they just scooped him up in, in their arms, his whole body just would quiver with joy and excitement. And in some ways it just said, I love you. <laughs> you know, out of that little body uh, was this excitement and that said, I love you. You see, Amando was a lover. What was his worth? Well, in our worldly measurement of success, fame, value, perhaps he had no value. A lot of people may think that. But to those who held him and knew him, there was a worth that kind of celebrated uh, true love. It was like Christ was shining through his eyes into theirs and something sort of got ignited in them. Uh, Amando's shake uh, people like Amando um, they shake the familiar world of what worth is all about that 
that worth is, is not based on human-based values. There's something bigger and more powerful than that. Now, if I was to ask you and many others if you are worthy of love, then I'm sure that I'd get many well-thought-out, logic-based answers. And many of my Christian friends would cite scriptures and give theological answers. Books would be given to read and deep discussion about our worthiness and all that stuff. <laughs> Yet, good as all that is, that sort of stuff actually can leave me quite cold because no one has gone into the heart, um, the heart which can feel like a dry and empty well um, where there is no worth, a feeling of worthiness. And perhaps you you feel like you've been cast out of the group because like on a spot, a spot of, a spot's appeared on your skin, so you're like a leper. And that's what they did, they cast them out. Um, or maybe people have picked up stones and are uh, going to throw at you until you die. If you've ever been under accusations, you know what that's like. And maybe you are the kind of person that picks times to go out into the township so you can avoid meeting those nasty-tongued neighbours. <laughs> you know, the ones that will point and chatter and stare, and, you know. Um, and so you go, like one person we're going to talk about, a lady, she went out of town to draw water when no one else would be, would be around. <laughs> she went to draw water, but she met a man. And the man, of course, is Jesus. And here's the story. Now he, Jesus, had to go through Samaria. Now look, this stop right there. He could have gone around Samaria like most Jews did. <laughs> they avoided the place. They didn't they didn't want any association with Samaritans. But there was something within Jesus that he said, I'm gonna go right through Samaria, going to right through the place where other people just don't want to go because that's they've got worth. <laughs> so he came to a small town in Samaria called Sychar, and near I'm probably pronounced that wrong, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, he was tired, and as he'd been traveling and walking, and he sat down by the well, and it was about noon. So, you know, the heat of the day, the heat of the day, and he sat down by the well. And a Samaritan woman, okay, a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said, will you give me a drink? Because, you see, his disciples had gone off into the town to buy some food. So he's all alone by the well and the Samaritan woman, someone that he as a good Jew should not be associating with, <laughs> she came up and the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Hey, come on, let's, let's just get this clear. You know, we have got some racial divides here. You guys don't think I'm worthy of anything. How can you ask me for a drink? Yeah, you know, in the Bible says, for Jews did not associate with Samaritans. <laughs> You see, <laughs> typical Jesus, he just cut right through the conventions of worthiness. Instead, Jesus would associate and connect with and, and pour love out to anyone that was thirsty. He himself was thirsty. You know, it's a pretty simple thing to give someone a drink of water, isn't it? To lower a jug into a well and draw some droplets. <laughs> actually, I'm not even sure that she actually got to do this. Perhaps Jesus might have stayed thirsty. Because after he said that, 
and they started this quite lengthy and quite deep conversation and perhaps the words exchanged sort of swept them both into a moment of refreshing delight that expressed that worthiness of love something got ignited in both of them that she felt suddenly alive and and her first was was sated you see i think when she saw what she saw in jesus was kind of an amando delight flowing out towards her that that sort of spark of love and delight out of jesus towards her how do you measure your worth um your worthiness to receive you know have you done enough yet have you ticked all the boxes uh, perhaps you need to i think crush the conventions of worthiness those rules and social norms that express whether someone is on the inside or on the outside those messages from uh, religious church experiences that you're a worm and a wretch i've been there now, the parental put downs that that still haunt you like ghosts <laughs> see i like to look under the skin of a person <laughs> not actually under the skin of the person but something that, that's deeper going on um, there is something of deep value and beauty under everyone's facade it's there but you have to give sort of focused attention listening attention to see see the glimmers and then it invites you to fall in love with the source the person may not see it themselves that special quality giftedness movement a talent that just needs to be endorsed and validated but it's there it's it's the sparkle of Armando's eye and the shivers of excitement that shouts I love you <laughs> I've seen it in so many people it's there and they don't realize it I'd like you to imagine yourself taking a hot long hot shower something I, I like to do quite often just sit in the shower and just let water pour all over me and you sit there or you stand there and you allow the water just to pour over until you feel sort of it's shaking something deep inside you you're just soaking completely in the water and you quiet yourself until you feel the water flowing over every portion of your body a kind of a massaging of droplets hitting the skin i think that is what knowing your worth is like it's like love working into the crevices of your thinking so that the old conventions of worth and value are replaced by truth that you are loved and you have worth and uh, you come back to the shower <laughs> time and time and time and time and time again because uh, some of those old ways of thinking take time to be washed away you know it's uh, something you just got to wash them it just takes lots of rinsings <laughs> are you worthy of love yes you are and perhaps we all need amandos like you to sparkle and shiver i know i do i need people like you to sparkle and shiver and show me what christ is like here's some quotes for you to consider no one person can fulfill all your needs but the community can hold you the community can let you experience the fact that beyond your anguish there are human hands that hold you and show you god's faithful love Henri Nguyen. When you are overcome by self-doubt and self-criticism, the tiniest bit of understanding feels like a full-body massage. Oh, I like that. That's Richard Raw. 
at the tiniest bit of understanding feels like a full body massage. And Richard Raw says, in the spiritual life, it's much more important to know how to listen than how to talk. Boy, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, so true. If how we feel each morning depends on whether people are nice to us, if we can't be happy without outside approval, we're not really happy or fundamentally free. Happiness is finally an inside job. We are too often reeds, reeds swaying in the breeze. That's Matthew 11, 7. Dependent moment upon moment on others' reaction and approval. This is the modern self. Insubstantial, whimsical, totally dependent and calling itself free. <laughs> Richard Raw. <sighs> are you a reed swaying in the breeze? Dependent moment by moment on other people's approval? Um... Your worth is dependent on them. Uh, that's not freedom. That's not freedom. Here's some questions to consider. What were some early childhood messages you received about worth and worthiness? Number two, what is worth? Number three, there is an Amando sparkle inside you. What would it be like for someone else to discover it and endorse its value? Hey, um... I hope you found this helpful. It was a, it was quite a struggle for me to write this one. It took me a while to work it all out. Because I think there are a lot of people out there that uh, question their worth. And uh, if they're worthy actually even of love. And I want to tell you that you are worthy of love. Hey, until next week, uh, take care and have a shower. <laughs> repeatedly have a shower and soak in God's um, worth and love of you. Okay, see you then. Bye.